Welcome to this month's episode of the Cordell & Cordell Men's Divorce Podcast, a combination of views, news, and tips relating to topics and situations relevant to guys going through divorce. It is no secret that fathers often get the short end of the stick when it comes to custody and visitation issues in family courts, and much of this has to do with a lack of understanding on the role fathers play when it comes to raising children. While research into how fathers influence their kids has been lacking, a recent focus on this subject has begun to uncover the importance of fathers in child rearing. In this edition of the Men's Divorce Podcast, we will discuss the recent developments of studies regarding fatherhood, as well as how fathers were portrayed in popular culture, how to prove the courts you're a great father, how to be a great dad after divorce, and more. Over the last half century, the role of fathers has been fairly misunderstood as investigation into this subject was either non-existent or lacking focus. DadsDivorce.com editor Sean Garrison recently spoke with Brigham Young University Associate Professor Justin Dyer about the evolving field of fatherhood research. With a new wave of studies in this area, it is becoming more clear than ever that both parents, not just the mother, play an important part in raising children. the manner in which researchers study fathers and the way we understand dads has changed dramatically. Justin Dyer, who's an associate professor at Brigham Young University, whose research focuses on the contribution of fathers to their children's well-being, says that in the 1930s and 40s, the primary concern revolved around what was going to happen to children who are growing up without a male role model because their fathers were off at war. Later on, however, the focus shifted and researchers stopped fixating on whether or not a father was in the home and instead started studying what fathers were actually doing inside the home and the impact it was having on their children. We found through the 80s, 90s, 2000s that there really was strong evidence that when fathers were engaged with their kids, the amount of things they did with their kids, on almost any level, whether it was playing with their child, whether it was uh, doing monitoring of the child, keeping track of where they're at, whether it was knowing where their friends, who their friends were, um, helping with homework, all of those things mattered to these kids. And you saw that the kids were doing better on almost any index you can think of, whether it was schoolwork, whether it was emotionally, whether it was um, cognitively, any of these areas, we saw that the more fathers were involved in these various ways, uh, the better these kids did. As fatherhood research has continued to evolve, new attention has been given to the differences between mothers and fathers. Recent studies investigating the differences between moms and dads has led to a greater understanding regarding the contributions that each parent makes to their children's upbringing. It's so important that we do understand that fathers contribute meaningfully to their kids and that there are some differences there uh, between mothers and fathers. If we treat fathers, we treat men just like we just like women, uh, we're going to miss a lot. We're going to miss a lot of the things that affect them uniquely in their parenting and that affect their children differently. The science of fatherhood is still a developing field, and past research into the relationships between parents and their children often display a bias in the mother's favor. DadsDivorce.com editor Sean Garrison recently spoke with Kent State psychology professor Katherine Kearns about her research into child-father bonds and how she has found it is equally important for children to have a positive relationship with both parents. 
uh, Catherine, to start, um, I know while researching uh, this parent-child bond, you noticed um, dads were scoring lowly um, despite the fact that their children were describing very warm and, and positive relationships with them. Um, to get a more accurate assessment of uh, the contributions that fathers were making to this bond, uh, you revised two of your assessments, um, and then you noticed dads were, were drawing higher scores. Can you elaborate on the changes that you made and how that uh, kind of impacted um, the, the results that you were getting? Sure. So it might be helpful to have a little background information first. What I was studying was children's attachments to their mothers and their fathers. And the idea behind the theory is that children use, go, go to parents uh, both for when they need help, emotional support, and also when things are going well, when they need help in terms of getting confidence, their confidence raised or need encouragement to explore out into the world. And so uh, when we went to interview kids, most of the measures that are available really concentrate on the idea of whether kids go to parents for emotional support. And so even though they were saying positive things about their fathers, they weren't very often saying, that's a person they immediately turn to when they're upset. And instead they were saying, my dad is the person that I go to when I wanna learn something new, when I wanna get better, my dad is the one that really believes in me and encourages me to do my best and to try. Sure, and in your opinion, has there been a bias traditionally in how research like this has been conducted and that maybe it's more geared towards measuring the relationship between mothers and their children while unintentionally marginalizing fathers? Yeah, and, and I, think, I think it probably has unintentionally happened. You know, Decades ago, you know, you go back to people like Freud, they talked about the importance of mothers, but we've known since the 1970s, the psychology community has been tuned into the idea that fathers are important. That doesn't mean, though, however, that fathers are studied a lot, and part of it is out of pragmatic reasons that it's just harder to get access to fathers and to include them in studies. So, they, you know, in the case of divorce, as you know, children are more likely to be residing with mothers than fathers. So, um, so with fathers less likely to be the custodial dads, they may be harder to access as you're contacting families. Their work schedules are often less flexible, make, making them less available. And so uh, I think it's sort of continued to be a default of frequently when people are studying parent-child relationships, what they're really studying are children's and, and mothers. Sure, and you're one of a, a growing number of researchers who are, are um, coming up with new and better ways to, to, to study sort of the, the, the field of fatherhood. Um, can you give us uh, just an update on some of the major developments in that field and, and where, uh, where things are sort of heading? Yeah, so when people study fathers, um, there have been sort of like stages of research on fathers over the years. And so initially it was sort of like, oh my gosh, we haven't really been studying fathers, let's study them and, and let's include them in research. And then there was sort of a phase where people said, you know, maybe what it is is that mothers and fathers play different roles. and maybe they influence different kinds of outcomes in children. So maybe, you know, mothers are, maybe mothers are more important for something like self-esteem, maybe fathers are more important for something like academic achievement or things happening outside the family. So there was this wave of studies trying to show whether mothers and fathers 
have influences in different ways. The interesting thing about that research is that it turned out to be actually very hard to show that mothers and fathers influence different domains of children's lives. It seems instead mothers and fathers influence children in many ways, and they both do that. And then sort of the third stage we're in now is I think that what people are beginning to conclude is that both mothers and fathers are influential and, and therefore both are important. So in cases where children have difficulties with relationships with their mothers, for example, it's buffering for them, it's helpful for them if they have a positive relationship with their dad. So part of what I'm saying is what children need is a good relationship with at least one of their parents, but it turns out it doesn't matter if it's the mother or the father, which means mothers and fathers are in fact equally important. To read more about Dr. Kern's recent research regarding fatherhood and the father-child bond, make sure to visit dadsdivorce.com. Although you may be the greatest, most involved dad in the world, family courts frequently lean towards the mother as a primary caregiver, making it difficult for fathers to achieve equal or primary custody. Texas family law attorney Cassandra Pianell explains how guys can prove to the judge that they are great fathers through accurate record keeping of your parenting time, demonstrating active involvement in your children's lives, remaining in close proximity after the separation, and more. I'm often confronted with a question when I meet a new client or even an initial consultation. How do I show the court that I'm a good father? What do I need to bring to court to prove that I've been an engaged and attentive father to my children? And the answer is that it varies. Obviously, each court, each state is going to look at the set of facts differently based on their code. But you can prepare your case to prove that you've been a good and attentive father, as well as you can prepare a case to prove that you've been a good financial support. Do you keep accurate records of the dates that you've had possession of your children? Do you keep records of the dates that you've taken them to school, put them to bed, prepared dinner time, gone to soccer practice, spoken to teachers or taken them to doctor visits? Remember, in preparing a case for court, you want to demonstrate to any judge that's listening that you've been an active participant in child rearing. You want to also show that you've reached decisions about rearing these children with your spouse, with their other parent. You also want to think about the proximity that you keep with your children. For instance, are you planning a move? Will this take you far away from the children? Do you have a plan as to how you can continue to stay engaged in their lives? If you don't currently have a plan to show the court that you've been an active participant in raising your children, why not think about starting now? If you don't currently take them to school, why not think about taking on some more responsibility? If you haven't gone to parent-teacher conferences, why not reach out to your children's teachers? Find out how they're doing. If you aren't currently keeping a calendar, the dates that you have possession of the children or dates you participated in these activities, why not start now? In addition, are there any special needs that your children have? Have you been engaged in coming up with creative decisions to help your children with those needs? Are you an active participant in their lives? 
think about the questions that the court will have for you on this topic. And again, your attorney can help you prepare for any court hearing. Will you be able to answer the court directly that you've been raising your children yourselves? Or will you have to stammer, make excuses? The court's going to look with a critical eye at parents during any hearing on custody. You wanna make sure that when you go to court, you are prepared, that you have answers to questions, that you have proof demonstrating your abilities and your history of parenting your children. of research looking into the role fathers play in raising their children over the past 50 years, many assumptions have been made that simply aren't true. DadsDivorce.com editor Sean Garrison recently spoke with award-winning journalist Paul Rayburn about his new book, Do Fathers Matter?, which debunks many myths and stereotypes about the part fathers play in modern family structures. Paul Rayburn is the author of Do Fathers Matter? a book that takes an in-depth look at research conducted on fathers over the previous generation. Rayburn said that a book like this wouldn't have been possible to write even a couple decades ago because the research that he examined simply didn't exist. In the 1940s and 50s and 60s, even into the 70s, fathers were never looked at. You know, there's one notable study where researchers uh, took careful, observed a baby with its mother and a series of babies and took very careful notes on the interaction, exactly what was happening. And then at one point, the mother handed the baby to the father and the record of the experiment says, baby handed to father, period, end of notes, as if there's nothing interesting whatsoever to observe with babies and fathers. According to Rayburn, the interest in fatherhood research was born with a study conducted by Michael Lamb at Johns Hopkins University in the 1970s that looked at the manner in which fathers play with their children compared to moms. In the years since, that interest has exploded. That is really what kicked off research. It was very slow at first, but a few other people started to look at this study and say, wait a minute, maybe there are some interesting things to say here about fathers, uh, maybe it's worth devoting a little bit of our research funding to do that. And very gradually, the whole field of fathers research began to grow, and now it's quite, quite a large active area of research. Rayburn noted that a simple look at human evolution gives an indication of the value that fathers bring to families. The human species has evolved in many ways over thousands of years, but under normal circumstances, there are still two parents involved in raising children. We've also evolved in ways in which both parents make different contributions to the child raising process. It wouldn't make as much sense from just a kind of developmental standpoint if you had two people who did the same things. It's much smarter to have two parents who, you know, two parents whose genes mix to make a child and whose behavior mixes to nurture and raise that child. So if we, if we ignore fathers or we don't give them their due, we're losing a lot of important things, and I documented a lot of those in Two Fathers Matter. The portrayal of fathers in pop culture has traditionally been fairly negative, as they are often characterized as inept, emotionally challenged, and completely hopeless when it comes to child rearing. DazDivorce.com editor Sean Garrison recently spoke with author Michael Kimmel about his research into the portrayal of men and fathers in media, as well as the strides that are beginning to be made when it comes to representing a modern image of fatherhood.
Traditionally, popular culture hasn't been so kind in its portrayal of dads. For years, the stereotypical image of fathers has been a Homer Simpson, Archie Bunker type that is clumsy, insensitive, and emotionally disengaged. However, recent research shows that dads are spending more time with their children and families than ever before and are starting to take on more caring and nurturing roles in child raising. Many brands are starting to notice that trend in the way that they craft their marketing campaigns. In last February's Super Bowl, several companies, including Toyota, Nissan, and Dove Men Plus Care, took part in rebranding the image of modern fatherhood with so-called dadvertisements, commercials that portray fathers in active and involved roles with their families. Dove Men Plus Care based its campaign on a survey of more than 3,000 men that revealed that 86% of men believe that masculinity has evolved since their father's generation, but that the manner in which masculinity is portrayed in the media has yet to catch up. Author Michael Kimmel is one of the world's leading experts on men and masculinity and served as a consultant on Dove Men Plus Care's campaign. He said that the research simply mirrored what social scientists have known for quite some time. There is a growing gap between the media portrayal of men and, the, and, and especially dads and the uh, lives that dads are actually living. Uh, increasingly, men are terrifically involved with their families, they, 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 and the younger you go, the more involved. Kimmel speculated that companies have much to gain by acknowledging these realities and portraying fathers in a more progressive and realistic light. Here's what Dove Men Plus Care did. They said, we're not going to exhort men to be better fathers. We're not going to, you know, you know, uh, scold them. We're going to say men are already amazingly good dads, and they really love their families. And so we're going to we're going to honor that and celebrate that. After a divorce, fathers experience many changes to the roles they end up playing in their children's lives as responsibilities once shared with your spouse now fall solely on your shoulders during your parenting time. Indiana family law attorney Kimberly McCabe explains why it becomes critical for fathers to help their kids transition to the new family structure and offers some tips that will help ease the burden of divorce on children. to have changed after the divorce. When the children spend time with you, you are now responsible for all of their immediate and basic needs, as well as providing for them in other manners. While you were married, you may have only been responsible for taking care of the children uh, after they got home from school, whereas your wife was responsible for getting them up in the morning. Now that you're a divorced dad, you have lots of other responsibilities that you have the privilege of now taking on and can find ways to do so while spending time with your children. The number one way you can be a great dad and maintain a positive relationship with your children after divorce is to maintain consistency and structure. If the children were used to certain routines when you and your spouse were married, the more you can maintain those in your own home, the better off the children will be when transitioning back and forth. They will have that same stability and structure that they can count on and rely on. Another way you can also maintain structure and consistency is in exercising and executing the parenting time plan. Make sure that you are showing up on time 
and that you are exercising all of your parenting time. Another way you can be a great dad after divorce is to communicate with your kids. It's going to be difficult because you will not be able to see your children every day. However, that doesn't mean that you still can't communicate with them on a daily basis. Thanks to modern technology, most kids have cell phones and parents have cell phones. So find ways to utilize these resources to maintain contact with your children. You don't necessarily have to have a lengthy telephone call with them every evening, but trust me when I say a text message saying, hey, dad loves you and is thinking about you is gonna go a long way in making your kids stay better. Another way to be a great dad is to maintain discipline. Your children will likely want to take advantage of the situation and you may be willing to give them more leeway now that you're divorced in hopes that by giving them rewards or letting them stay up late or buying them things is going to make them feel better. Trust me when I say that yes, all these things will make the children feel better in the short term However, in the long term, for their emotional growth and development, it's going to be important that you maintain your role as a parent, and in that role as a parent, that you are exercising the discipline that you have commonly used in the past or that has been agreed upon by you and the children's other parent. I would also recommend and highly suggest that you participate in any school-related events or other extracurricular activities that your children may participate in. I know it can be easy to say, well, I don't want to go because I know my ex is going to be there, but your children are going to be the ones who suffer if you don't go. If your spouse isn't giving you a copy of the children's uh, sports schedule or events going on at school, then make that extra effort and try to find a copy through another way. Um, you can contact the school directly or perhaps you um, ask another parent whom your children plays on the same sports team. It's going to be really important for you to maintain that relationship by doing the things that you regularly did and that does include attending these special events for your children. Finally, I would recommend that you do not speak badly about the children's mother when they are with you. The best way to be a great dad is to focus on being a great dad, not focus on how bad mom is or what mom did or things that could appear to be negative um, when being viewed by your children. So it's okay if you want to vent those feelings and frustrations and other positive outlets when the children aren't around. But remember, the children love their mother and it is going to be important for you to show that you support them loving their mother and respect them for doing so. That's all we have time for in this month's Cordell & Cordell Men's Divorce Podcast. Hopefully this gives you a better understanding of the important role fathers play in raising their children, as well as hope that the laws and bias found in family courts will eventually catch up with reality. While research into the roles of fathers was relatively non-existent a mere 50 years ago, recent studies and a stronger focus on fatherhood has begun to shed light on the developmental significance of strong father-child bonds. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast for interviews, news, tips, and more covering a range of topics facing men during divorce. 
You can also find a number of resources on our website at cordellcordell.com, as well as our informational sites, mensdivorce.com and dadsdivorce.com.